Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Like the old timers used to say, I like what I feel and feel what I like. It's here tonight. The presence of the Lord is here, there's no doubt. And there's no reason to leave here. Thank you. There's no reason to leave here untouched, unmoved, and not changed. If you're here today and you're needing something from God, the presence of the Lord is so rich in the house. I see people keep touching him. That's what it takes, just touching, touching him. You may be seated for a moment. I, I want to say it's, uh, it's an honor to be here. I love your pastor, his wife, and uh, I've, uh, we've been blessed by his ministry in our pulpits and open air and under pavilions and everything else. And, and uh, he's been such a, a blessing to me. I, I'm honored to call him my friend and uh, with great respect. Uh, for the work of God he's doing here. Um, as he told you, we just come out of a, a 34 soul revival, and we've also been blessed to have, um, uh, we were supposed to be today, I'm, I hadn't totally sure of it yet, but they're putting a roof on one of the churches where it rained so bad, putting a roof on the building there, and, uh, and we, got, we just acquired two other properties and about to build churches uh, on that property or down in the south for our Indian work. So uh, we thank God for his many blessings there. And uh, we just don't have any sad stories to tell. God's been mighty, mighty good to us. Now, I, um, I, I started preparing to come in. Uh, this is the time of year I come in and have a checkup in Shreveport. And, and uh, there was a, a young lady that just tugged at my heartstrings about coming with me and uh and so I checked my sky miles and I had enough to bring her with me and I'm so happy to have my granddaughter Mark Haley stand up baby let him see my she's not very big but she's beautiful and she's mine and I love her praise God and she's my traveling companion she come to take care of Paul Paul and I'm happy she's with me today Praise God. I'm going to go into the word of the Lord. And if you'll help me for the next little bit, I'll try not to keep you long. I was hoping that would get you shouting, but <laughs> never mind. Exodus, the 10th chapter, 26 verse. Exodus 10 and 26. When you're there, say amen. amen. That's in the Old Testament. Praise God. I'm going to go ahead and read. Uh, Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God. We know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. We shall not leave a hoof behind. Everybody say we're not going to leave a hoof behind. Put your Bibles down, clap your hands, shout, God bless the word. We love you, Lord. 
the name of Jesus. I need your help today. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. I was raised in a pastor's home, and um, we went to church every night. Anybody raised in Pentecost can remember that. We, we went to church every night. And back then, you would help other local churches, and we would go and bring a load over there, and, and uh, they'd actually come back with us and everything. It was pretty neat. And uh, we, would, we would help these churches, and, and so we was in church every night, so we, we traveled quite a bit. And um, I have a sister that's about two years older than me, and she's, just, she's weird. And uh, we could be going down the road, and I could just reach over and touch her. Just, just tip of my finger, touch her. And she'd say, don't touch me. And daddy'd say, stop touching her. We'd go a little further and I'd just reach over. I'd touch her again. He'd say, she'd scream and he'd say, don't touch her. If you touch her one more time. I will whip you. We'll pull on the side of the road. And back then, you know, people would stop and clap their hands. Wonderful job. Now they call, now they call the government. But, uh, you know, they pass honk the horn and shout hallelujah. But uh, so the command is do not touch. So I just look at her. And like I said, she's weird. So I just stare at her. And when I would, she'd say, he's looking at me. Stop looking at him, at her. I just look at her. If you look at her one more time, I'm going to pull over side the road and whip you. So I'd stop looking at her. And I'd start blowing on her. I don't know why, because I knew dad meant what he said. He'd say, all right, enough is enough. He'd pull on the side of the road, and I can remember that sound. He'd wear me out, and some way I'd forget all about it the next trip until I'd get a whipping. I know it's, it's strange, but folks, years ago when a parent said enough is enough, that's what it meant. I can remember mom and dad reach a place that said, okay, we're done. It's over. We're not talking about it anymore. We didn't get that one, two, three, four, five, and all the way up to 170 or whatever it is. We, we didn't get that. It was, it was just straight up right now, right then, get the job done. That's where get her done comes from. Folks would get, they'd say, I've reached a place. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. And they would wear us out. We've got to know as saints of God, the scripture says that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And what we've got to do as children of God is reach the place that we say, okay, devil, I have dealt with this long enough and I'm not putting up with your stuff. I don't have to deal with you. I have the Holy Ghost. And the word of God said, greater is he that's in me. 
I've been battling sickness for a long time, but I'm, I'm tired of dealing with it. I've been going through situations in my life that I'm growing weary with it, and I'm fixing to do something about it. And we come to church, and we begin to worship God, and we begin to praise the Lord, and we push our way past our problems, and we put the devil on the run. Say, hey, we're not going to deal with your stuff anymore. I've got the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. We have problems just like you do, but we come to the house of God and we take authority over our problems and we get up here and worship God and we leave blessed again and we overcome the devil once again. Somebody say enough is enough. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If you can get the revelation that I've got something in me that I don't have to back down from the devil, we're not second-class citizens. We're not the church across the tracks, but we are the one God apostolic. We're the people of authority. We're the ones that says, devil, you under my feet. I don't have to put up with it anymore. Understand who you are and understand the power that you have and understand the authority that you have. My, my dad was a country pastor. And I, I don't know, I, I, I told myself, I said, I'm never going to do it. We had to get up and milk cows. And then my dad would get these, these free calves they, they would give us a load from the dairy farms to get rid of them. And we had to bottle feed them every morning and afternoon and midday. And I think we may have got up at midnight. It was horrible. And I said, I'll never do that kind of stuff. That, that, it just was never ending. And, and he had chickens everywhere. And, and, and I, I, I learned to do a lot of my dancings from the chicken yard. When you come out, we call it barnyard shuffle. But anyway, uh, it was terrible. Reach in there. I'm from Louisiana. We'd reach in there, and, and those old chicken snakes would sling them heads out at you. Anybody ever been through that? And trying to gather eggs. I said, I'm going to buy mine from the store. I'll buy milk from the store. I'm going, and, and that's the way I was going to do it. But Dad had different plans, and then God did too, and sent me on the mission field. But uh, I, I, I man, I hated that stuff. And Dad, Dad had them, but Dad got him a turkey, and this turkey was demon possessed. I, I promise you, I kid you not, this turkey would chase cars. I watched that turkey chase cars down the road. And, and I made up my mind. I said, you know what? I said, uh, I, with this, this thing, it, it, would, it would chase us. And we would walk out the door and have to pick up a stick and fight our way everywhere we went because of this turkey, this demon-possessed turkey. And, and we couldn't play outside. We'd say, Daddy, I can't take it anymore. You've got to do something. I remember one day we had a, a what we call city slicker come to visit us from New Orleans. And Dad pastored around Hammond. And that turkey, it it. it saw that man get out of his car and he sees it coming and he bends over here turkey turkey and that turkey let me just give you a little little lesson here in case you don't know it when a turkey drags his wings down like that and comes at you sideways he's not happy to see you it don't mean praise the lord we got a visitor and and man that turkey hit that man and knocked him backwards we didn't win him to god but anyway 
I got in trouble for it for some reason. And, and, but dad, it didn't bother dad. Dad said, y'all boys made it mean you're going to live with it. And that's what we did. We lived with it. But, and dad could go all through the yard and never bother him. But one day, dad was bent over in the yard. And biblically speaking, that turkey did not recognize my dad's hindermost quarters. And it hit my dad so hard that the next day we was eating turkey. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I, I'm just going to tell you something. You step out and you say, I, I'm just having to live with this. And, and you patty cake with him and you've learned to get into where you carry your little stick around and you fight the devil endlessly. Just, and, and you say, I can't get victory over this. I can't overcome this. The Bible told me I'm an overcomer. You, you lay the stick down, pick up the axe and chop his head off. That's the only way you deal with the devil is you take authority over him. i bind you right now in the name of Jesus. You've hit me. You've knocked me down. You've chased me down. You've You've interrupted my family. You've corrupted my children. But I'm fixing to step up on top of this and say, devil, you a liar. I'm going to come out on top of this in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, glory. Hey, can I just tell you something? Greater is he that's in you, that's he that's in the world. Won't you let the devil know, hey, I'm going to get victories tonight. I'm not going through another service. I'm not going another week. I'm not waiting for another revival. I believe in God for my healing tonight. I believe in God for my blessing tonight. I need that job. I need that blessing. It's going to be tonight. In Jesus' name, I can't wait another day. I fought this long enough. He's got, I've got the victory, and he's given it to me. Shout yes, yeah, somebody. You may be seated. I have a friend of mine from Mississippi. His name is William. You know, Brother Patton goes to his church. He's, he's my friend. I've known him all my life. He's, he's a little fella. He's a midget man. And uh, I told William one time, I said, you remind me of the devil. He said, what is that? I said, you've got to. I, I was walking through Walmart, and I heard somebody. He, this guy, he's this tall, got a full-grown wife. It's pretty interesting. He sets on songbooks where he can put his arm around her. It's a sweet, it's a sweet thing. But I'm walking. He's got the deepest voice you ever heard. I'm walking through the store. I heard some say, praise the Lord, brother. So I, I'm thinking he's got to be up here somewhere. I walk a little bit. Hey, brother, join her. I, I felt something say, down here. Hey, brother William. I said, man, I love you. You remind me of the devil sometimes. You got a big growling voice, but you're really way down there. He's the one that went to Brother Booker and asked him if he wanted to fight. I don't know if you remember that at the camp meeting. But, hey, can I just tell you, what he does is he lets out a big growl, and we all go. And we hear that, that roar in our life that shakes our life up, and we're, 
we're looking up here when he's shaking our world. And we've got to understand it way down here. The scripture told me I put him up under my feet. I take dominion over him. You can growl and roar all you want to and roar with a deep voice, but I'll step on your head. I'm getting up and going to church. I'm going to live for God. Ain't nothing going to stop me. Greater is he that's in me. Praise God. There comes a time in every preacher's life that he takes authority in the church. And he says, hey, we have watched the saints battle this long enough. It ain't going to happen around here. I remember, man, we had a good president one time by the name of Reagan. Reagan said this. He said, we will not tolerate aggression against the American people on this soil, on our foreign soil. If you do something to our people, we will retaliate. Praise God. I tell you something, ain't nothing more beautiful. It was a sad day at 9-11, but with nothing more beautiful, the enemy said, if I could just get them all broke up, and then I'll come in there and take dominion. But man, the American people rallied together. They, they, they crossed party lines. They crossed race lines. They said, we'll, hey, whatever we got to do, let, we, let's get this thing took care of. Hey, can I just tell you something? I heard the scripture say when some somebody's weeping let's weep with them praise God when somebody's way down and they're not feeling good let's just encourage them because I believe God that weeping don't last all night long but joy comes in the morning I'm gonna weep with you right now but I believe the morning time is about here and we're gonna worship God together we're gonna praise God I want somebody to testify how I made it over how I over Overcome. I was down. I was broke. But I gave to God. And I believed the Lord. And I came on to church anyhow. I had an excuse to stay home. But I got up. And I went to church. And when I got to church. He healed me of my headache. He healed me of my backache. He healed me of my sickness. I've got the victory. And I'm in the house of God. Shout yeah. Somebody, you may be seated. I had a preacher, said he was a preacher, that needed to stay with me a week. He said, I I need a, a place to stay for a week if I can stay at your place. And so I said, Okay. He's a preacher. I was a young man. And so. Let me just give you, is it okay if I just do a little Bible lesson real quick? If you go into somebody's home and there's a recliner there, probably a coffee mug there, maybe a phone there, a charge cord, that is not scriptural, but fairy tale. It's called Papa Bear's Chair. God help me keep a right spirit talking about this. We're nice the first several days. Have a seat. But you need to get the hint after a few days. It's time to get out of Papa Bear's chair. But this man took over my chair and a week turned into two weeks. And so there was two grown men racing to get in that chair constantly. He would sit in my chair and back then we had a landline phone. He'd answer my phone and 
And then when it was time to eat, he'd just go and sit at the head of the table and he took over my house. And, uh, and he wouldn't leave. I would make hints. Well, brother, you're about, you're about, about time you, you headed out or no, no, I, I need a few more days. And he just, he'd pick the steak out. He'd pick out the best potato. I mean, good Lord. He got up and from the chair and go to my kitchen sink and take out his teeth and start washing them. I said, hey, 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 bro. Take them to the bathroom. Wash them out in the toilet, in this bathtub, anywhere. But don't get that in my sink. And he just took over my house. Correcting my children. And one day he stands up from my recliner and makes his way to the refrigerator. My refrigerator opens it up and takes out a gallon jug of milk. I love milk. Pure, pasteurized, unblemished milk. And he turned it up. And there was an anointing got a hold to me. I jumped off from that couch. I said, get your stuff and get out of my house now. I mean, it was that anointed. <laughs> I said, Wait, no more. I've let you take over my chair. You've got it at the head of the table. You take the best steak. Now you're drinking from the milk jug. I've had enough. It don't take just a little bit of something that just gets you wrong. But can I just tell you something? We used to sing it said a song in my dad's church that said, Don't you let the devil ride. Mm, don't you, don't you, don't you let the devil ride. You let him ride. He's going to want to drive. I said, don't you, don't you, don't you let the devil ride. You can't let him get in control. You say, but, but, but their adult children live in my house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If you stay in my house, here's the way it's going to be. If you come here, this is the way we're going to do things. If you let the devil have an inch, he'll take a mile. He'll take over your home. You got to let him know, no, sir, not another day. Not another. We're going to take dominion, walk through that house praying. Oh, in the name of Jesus, you fought this household long enough, but we're going to get victory in this house. It's more than the church. You need victory in your home, and you are to claim it in Jesus. Jesus name go home tonight and start praying over it in the name of Jesus devil you fought long enough here my husband's been backslid but I believe in God he's coming home he's going back to the house of God begin to take dominion the devil is a liar I said the devil is a liar you need to take dominion over him hallelujah he'll take over if you let him Praise God. I remember how a lady went to my church. She came to me and said, Pastor, I don't know what to do, but my daughter, 14-year-old daughter, said she's, uh, she's gotten violent with me. I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, said, uh, I tell her to do something. She gets mad about it. She'll hit me, slap me. I said, really? And she said, yes, sir. And I, I don't know what to do. And she said, I just told her to wash dishes the other day. And 
And she kicked me, left a big bruise. She showed me a bruise on her leg where the girl had kicked her. The bruise was way down low. And um, uh, so I said, sis, I said, uh, I said, where, uh, where, where is she sleeping at? She said, well, in the house. I said, does she have a mattress? She said, yeah. I said, who bought it? She said, I did. I said, but what about eating? What does she eat? She eats with us. What we eat? I said, you buying the groceries? She said, yes, sir. I said, how about her clothes? Who's buying her clothes? She said, well, I buy her clothes, Brother John. I said, well, she don't have a problem. It's you that's got the problem. You're going to kick me and walk out and design her shoes? <laughs> you ever heard of potted meat? Kick me and eat, eat my steak? Uh-uh. My mattress, you're going to scream at me, slam your door, and go lay on mattress I bought? Uh-uh. No, 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 no. That kid ain't got the problem. You got the problem. Hey, man, when, when, a, kid can, when a kid can make you so broke you can't pay your bills because you're buying designer clothes. I'm going to move on just a minute. I know you're the pastor, but anyway, I just kind of hit a snag there. But when a kid got you so broke that you can't even pay your bills because you're buying $150 shoes, you've got the problem. Amen. We used to work for what we got. Amen. Whatever I wore when I was a teenager, I worked and bought it. Praise God. Amen. You need to go home and take dominion over your house. My kids telling me when I'm going to church and when they're going to go to church. No, no, no. You live in my house. You're going to church. And if you like it or not, you're going to act like you like it. Or I'm a, hey, man, we used to have an old man in my dad's church. He just, at altar call, he'd get up and grab his grandson by the ear and just drag him to the altar every time. And it didn't win him to God, but at least, bless God, if you, you, you're living in my house and eating my groceries, you, I, it's got, it comes a time you look at your kids and say, enough is enough. If you're going to live here, you're going to obey the rules. You don't make the rules. I make the rules. Every so often, just hand me that phone. Let me look at some stuff on there. You need to save your children. You got to take dominion and say enough is enough. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm. I remember man standing out with just an ox gourd in the middle of the field. The enemy would come and destroy the crops continually. And finally, one day he stood there against, was it 650 men? He said, no, sir. He said, my family's not going without again. If I die, let me die. But I'm going to die in battle, not in defeat. Amen. You've got to stand out in the middle of your field and take up what you got and say, I know the force has been great, but I'm going to stand and fight with everything that I have. I'm going to take dominion over. If you let the devil push you, he'll push you. If he can get you down, he'll hold you down you better fight with everything that you have and take dominion in Jesus name I'm not backing up again I'm moving forward in the Holy Ghost my dad was a home mission pastor he started churches that's what dad did matter of fact we would know it was about time to move when we start getting meat on the table Peanut brittle, I hate it. I sold peanut brittle from the time I didn't have dirty diapers. I had sticky diapers. They, they just, just peanut brittle. They set me down in a little thing where they made peanut brittle from the time I was a baby. We 
built churches and somebody said, how much does it cost to roof that church? About 10,000 pieces of peanut bread. That was the way we estimated things. Everybody knows that helped Pentecost together. Now some old timers about ready to shout about it right now. Praise God. But uh, Dad would get a church going, turn it over to somebody, and we would move on somewhere else. That's just the way he would do. And, and every time we'd get going good, it was time to go. But we had a family that would move with us. Everywhere we'd go, they played music, and, and they would move with us and help us with the music and help us start a church. And so it, me and the boy was were same age, and we were best of friends sometimes. And, and um, we, we played the music for the church. Matter of fact, one time Dad... Dad said, uh, your boys play, play something while we take up an offering, just a home mission work, not many people there. And so we, we I don't know what happened to my friend, but we, he started playing. He played the guitar, and I played the drums, and, and we, we played the tune, Sweet Home Alabama. People responded. They clapped, and really went, went, went well as far as picking up an offering. But somebody in the church recognized the tune and told my dad what we played. Now, it seemed like theoretically that that person would be in trouble for recognizing the tune, right? Nah. Back then, pastor whipped everybody. He lined me and the boy up and whipped us both. I don't even like preaching in Alabama. I, don't even, I try to avoid Alabama. Dad got Alabama. There ain't nothing sweet about it to me. Dad got that out of me. But, but my friend was, he, man, he was strong, and he loved to fight. And we'd go to a new school, and he'd, he'd pick out fights just to get the authority of the, the school ground. But the other problem was is when I would speak to him about doing something, if, if I went against him, he would punch me, and he would hit me and, and beat up on me. And I had a, a problem with pain. It hurt me. And so... Whatever he wanted to do, I'd just go along with it. Just, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and um, I don't know what happened one day, but uh, he had done that for years. He just bullied on me and bullied on me. And one day something happened. He hit me. But something must have clicked in me because he'd done something he'd never done. He turned around and took off running. And when he did, I took in after him. And I chased him. We ran and ran and ran. And I finally caught him in a strawberry patch in Ponchatoula, Louisiana. We were already in Ponchatoula. It wasn't like we ran from up here or nothing. But I got him down. And I don't recommend this, but I, I does feel pretty good about it. But I blacked both of his eyes. My dad said that he stood up on the porch and watched it. Said he knew it had to be done. I busted his lip. I busted his nose. His shirt was ripped off from him. His britches was ripped from here to hallelujah. After that, I said, hey, let's go ride bikes. Yeah, man, that's cool. <laughs> let's, uh, let's build a tree house. Yeah, man, whatever, Tim. Let's just do it. Yeah. <sighs> you know, we're laughing about it, but how many times you're like, I just need a victory. And you just pop. You're okay. Over and over and over he keeps knocking you back, and you accept it. I would tonight in this sermon that something would click, 
that you would get something in your spirit that says, no, 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 no. I'm going to chase you down, devil, and get this over with. We're not going through this again. I know it look, I make God promises I'm going to live for him, and then I fall back down. I make decisions about living for God, then I fall back down. I'm, I'm about to make a change in this, in this service. Not, a, not another revival, not another, not another weekend, not another Sunday night, but in this service tonight, I'm going to take dominion and authority, and I'm not going to back up. No, not again. I want to have victory. Does anybody here, are you tired of getting knocked back? Are you tired of being shut down? I'll challenge you in this service tonight to take dominion over this thing in Jesus' name as they would come to the music. I remember reading about these four leopards that sat by the gate and they were starving. Their clothes was all torn and ragged. They were starving to death. Man, they said, you know what? We could sit here and we could die. We could go over to the enemy's camp. They may kill us, but my Lord, at least we're doing something besides sitting here until we die. Man, they got up, feeble steps of a hungry men, and they began to make their way. Now, this is Joiner, okay? Don't go home and try to look it up in the Bible, but I just... I can imagine as they make their way and as, that, as their steps begin to magnify as God made them louder, they get there and the enemies already ran away and they walk into the first tent. And when they walk in the tent, man, these guys have been starving, sitting on a plate. Name a steak, brother. What's a good steak? Fried chicken. Hey, talk to me. T-bone? A ribeye. Right there on the plate, there's a ribeye cooked how? Well, meet him, look, meet him well. Well or rare? Don't mess up a steak, son. My Lord. That's a sin within itself. There's a steak, medium, whatever he said. There's a big baked potato by melted butter. Sour cream, chai. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Are you about ready to go? <laughs> Man, you, these, these guys have been starving. Here it is right there. Man, they sat down and they ate that and enjoyed that meal. God said, Man, look what the Lord has done. Then they said, You know what? We ought to go to our place and tell, tell the king and all the people about what we've got. Let's, let's go. And they said, we can't go look out how we look. And hanging on the wall, there was a robes. <laughs> and that robe, it was a, uh, what's the name brand? What's a, somebody give me a fancy name brand. Armani. It was Tommy Hilfiger. It's a good one. I heard things about him. That's why I was reluctant. To... Anyway. I'm going to go at you in just a minute. And they put these robes on and they fit just right. They said, man, look what the Lord has done. Because we refuse to stay sitting over there starving. And we refused to starve to death. We, we, we took our chance. And look what God is doing. And they, they started, they said, let's go. And they w started walking. They said, wait a minute, there's a chariot sitting there. If you could have any car, what would it be? 
A what? Lamborghini chariot sitting there. The horsepower was unbelievable in this Lamborghini chariot. The rims were styling. They were like 20-something inches. I don't, I don't even know what's cool anymore. And, and man, this Lamborghini chariot, they got up on there. Now, this is Jordan. I know, don't go home and study this. You said, that preacher lie does. But uh, I'm just, just making it modern, okay? They got on that chariot, and they rode off saying, look what the Lord has done. Can I just tell you something? Get a tune up there, would you? I'm trying to close out. You could either sit in your position until you dry up and die. Or you could make up your mind in this service tonight. I'm, I'm going to get up from my position that I've been in. And I'm going to get something from God. There's people here that needs a healing. And you have backed down and backed down and backed down. I'm just going to tell you, God wants to heal somebody in here. It's his promise. It's his good pleasure. Amen. Some of you have been backing down long enough. Why don't you stand up and begin to make your way. I challenge somebody to step out between the people.